welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. We know it's been a freaking long time. We really do have a good reason for it, though, even though we missed the draft and all that, and that just sucks. But, uh, Justin, hello and, and welcome to your broken ankle. And, yes, uh, thank you. That you received on vacation. <laughs> yeah, of all times to do it. The worst part was, so I, I went down, for those that don't know, my, my cousin got married last week, and I went down for his wedding to Florida and was was on the beach uh well actually was in the in the in the ocean in shallow water ended up breaking my ankle on a thursday and had to walk down the aisle and by aisle i mean the beach on crutches on saturday so uh the the nice hard sand to sink those crutches into yeah a little let's just say i was a little sweaty by the time it was all done because it was it was 92 degrees and like 92 percent humidity so I'm sure. Do you have a Do you have like a cast or an air cast or something? Is that? Yeah, I've got a uh, I've got a splint right now, a three sided one. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's been it's been fun. I'm sure that least. I'm sure it smells great after the wedding. Uh, and then <laughs> and so I, oh go ahead. No 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 I was gonna say and I heard you had your own little accident as well. Uh yeah mine uh, is is a little I guess more depressing because I wasn't in Florida I was just uh, jumping on a trampoline with another adult man. And uh, <laughs> my girlfriend's brother. And uh, it was just like basketball trampoline thing. And so you have your own sides, but you're on the same trampoline. And I don't know, I got twisted up and came down and dislocated my knee. And I flexed my quad as hard as I could and popped it back into place. And uh, yeah, it was pretty excruciating. And cool. uh, I, I eventually was carried out of this pool. It was like a, it was like a pool club kind of place. Um, okay. I don't. I don't belong to a pool club, but my <laughs> girlfriend's brother does. Uh, so these four guys carry me out on one of those tanning lawn chair things where you can just lay all the way down. So I'm just mm-hmm. getting carried through a big crowd of people, and I, I can just hear people like, "Oh my gosh, what did he? Oh wow, what did he do?" <laughs> like, okay, I can hear you. I'm not. I I didn't die. Like I'm not unconscious. I'm clearly just standing here. I did give the pool a good thumbs up on my way out, though, just because I felt like, you know, I, I mean, I I don't necessarily play hockey at any reasonable level, but I do have a hockey podcast. So I figure I got to give the thumbs up when you're getting stretchered off the surface there. So, uh, but yeah, so uh, that was two or three days of just no walking, could barely even get out of bed to go to the bathroom. It sucked. Uh, But now I'm limping around. So, but we are back. We're back. The show's back. Don't worry. We didn't die. We didn't cancel the show. Um, Even my brother was like, where did you go? (laughs) <laughs> what happened you know it's a good sign when your family listens to your podcast that means you don't really suck like if you suck right. your family won't listen <laughs> they'll they'll go oh yeah i'm sure it's great i just don't want to i just don't have the time they'll make up some excuse but uh anyways okay so obviously we've we haven't had the chance to talk together about a lot of the things that has happened um i really i, I want to start off I'm I'm sure at this point you've read and seen tons of draft coverage, but just from a Red Wings fan perspective, Justin, uh, I, I were you watching the draft live or did you catch it afterwards? I know you had this wedding. No, I was actually. Uh, I remember I was in the back seat of a car traveling, and uh, I was basically following it on Twitter. Okay, okay, time. fair. See, I mean. Basically the same thing. It's not like it. Not like it really matters whether you're following it on Twitter or on TV. It really ultimately is the same thing. What were you thinking when 
you saw that Z- that Montreal didn't take Zadina, and then Ottawa doesn't take Zadina, and then it's Arizona. And was your first thought? There's no way Arizona's not taking Zadina. Right. You know, it's it's funny. I I wasn't totally shocked that Montreal passed on him only because again they they've got a young scoring winger um or center if you want to call it that and and Jonathan Drouin so uh when they went for a center with at, with their first pick at number three I was like okay you know what not a huge shock take the best center of the draft he's still a decent player and it's not that shocking um however when it came to Ottawa Arizona both passing it and I'm like this guy is literally the best scorer in the draft. And I just, to me, Arizona, it, it didn't make a ton of sense for them to pass on a guy who was number nine on NHL central scouting of North American skaters. I, I, I thought if anything, you know, Hey, you know what, if you're not interested in Zadina, you're interested in this guy, you know, trade down because teams like Vancouver, uh, Chicago below them, they're going to be all going after probably defensemen. So you can go down a few picks, um, you know, because, again, everybody, the, the thinking was that Detroit was going to take a defenseman. Um, and so when Sedina fell into our laps, I just was like, if if they choose a defenseman, I, I will throw something. I'll throw my phone out the window is what I was thinking, because that would have been ridiculous. No, yeah, I mean, and if they had taken Quinton Hughes, it wouldn't have been a big deal. But the fact that I mean, he fell to number six is uh, you you just have to take him at that point and and you know when when i did see a ken holland interviewed right right after the picks uh, particularly the two picks it was at the end of the draft so mm-hmm. obviously another player falls i think joseph valeno was ranked 15 14 um yeah and he fell to 30 the wings so uh they get joseph valeno for tatar essentially uh when when he felt you could see Ken Holland was so giddy when he was being interviewed. Like, how did this happen? We, I mean, it was a no. But he said, you know, we came in here expecting to take a defenseman with one of our first two picks, but how could we? Like these yeah. guys are were too good to pass up. And and I mean, I understand for the at the thirty spot too. I mean, yeah, there there wasn't a whole lot of uh, better options in terms of just pure talent. I mean, all in all, I think they had a a very successful draft just with those two picks. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's like yeah. they won the lottery, but didn't really didn't have to. Right, exactly. And I I think the great thing is now, um, if you're a Red Wings fan, and if you're Ken Holland for that matter, you know you get a little bit more flexibility because the the thought process is now is that Dina more than likely is probably going to be ready to go. Uh, you know. On, in October for the regular season. And that frees up the opportunity for you to maybe move a guy like Anthony Sioux or maybe even a Nyquist to try to get a good defenseman back if you, for instance, can't land Mike Green or if maybe you want to try to rebuild on the fly and get some picks or something like that. Um, Which it, did, know, it, it gives, did come out today that the the Wings and Mike Green look like they're close to a two-year deal. So yes. there is that. that. That is good news for the Red Wings. Um, I'm, I'm sort of questioning what they're doing. I know that I also saw that them and Jonathan Bernier are both very interested in combining forces. So, (laughs) I mean, you're, you're looking, obviously they, they, they have a space and Jimmy Howard is a free agent at the end of this year, I believe. And Mm -hmm. so it it makes sense to, to go and find somebody who can patch your goaltending. It it just, I, I mean, I don't think this is a playoff team next year. 
So to me, I'm thinking, why are why are we trying to go out and make our team better right now when there's other players that you could patch in? You know, I I get the whole, you know, you don't want to. You, you don't want to just leave the kids out there to dry and have no one to play with and just absolute garbage players. But I, I just think that, I don't know, maybe it, maybe they're they're trying to see if they can be like a Toronto where they kind of make the playoffs a year early, especially with adding Zadina. But I just, I, I don't see it. And so uh, I think that there's still room to tear down here. No, I, I completely agree. And if you look at the rest of the division, you know, granted, teams like Ottawa probably going to be worse, uh, or if not, just as bad. Montreal, again, I, I don't see them being a playoff team. But you look at a team like, for instance, Florida, who's who's getting better. I think they have the potential to be an, another playoff team. And, and really, nobody's getting weaker around them. So it really makes it difficult for a team like Detroit, you know, just picking up a guy like Zadina alone to really vault them into a playoff spot. And so if you're you know, Kenny Holland, you have to look at this and say, okay, maybe let's just, let's do that full rebuild mode. But really he, like you said, it seems like he's almost trying to, to patch it up really quick thinking that, okay, we can be a bubble team. Yeah. And I I mean, especially the, the guy who's available in the next draft with Jack Hughes. Oh yeah. And the fact Jack Hughes has yet to commit to a team for next season. It's very possible that he could go and play with the University of Michigan because I, I don't think Quentin Hughes is going to go right away to Vancouver, and so and mm-hmm. and they they've shown uh, as much as as much as Vancouver has maybe you know made some questionable decisions, they have shown that they're they're willing to let their prospects ripen a little bit before they just decide to stick them on the big club and just let them roll. So I think you'll right. see Quentin Hughes. He's going to go back to Michigan, and so what a draw for the the probable first overall pick to go and play with his brother who is a seventh overall pick at Michigan go win a national championship and how excited would I be and you like the <laughs> fact that he's in our backyard I mean we're talking that he plays 25 minutes away from both of us that uh, we could go watch the first overall pick yeah. on any given night during the hockey season so that, that's pretty exciting I, I hope he does go to Michigan and doesn't uh, go somewhere else but Okay, uh, let's let's move on here. Uh, any other thoughts from from the draft that uh, that you want to throw? Other than the fact that it was there was supposed to be a whole lot of trades, and the only trade we saw was that uh, Dougie Hamilton to Carolina for uh, Hamp- for Lindholm and Elias Lindholm, not Hampus. Elias Lindholm <laughs> and uh, and I'm blanking on his name right now. The defenseman, Colton Perenko. No, no. No, no. What? <laughs> to Carolina. Who was the defenseman oh, we traded? Justin Falk. No. Oh, Noah Hannafin. I'm Noah Hannafin. There we go. There we go. There we go. It's okay. I don't have it up in front of me, so that's that's why that just happened. Uh, but yeah, I mean that that trade was just kind of. I think Calgary needed a shakeup. I think Carolina didn't want. It sounded like nothing was going right with the negotiations with. Uh, with Lindholm, and I, I think that there was just a need for a new home for a few guys, and uh, that that makes me worry about Dougie Hamilton a little bit because it seems like he's needed a new home a couple times in the recent, the last few years. So he maybe have a, has a shelf life for how long he lasts with the team. 
Yeah, I think I think with him in the case, you know, especially from what I hear out of, out of Calgary, and again, this might be all a bunch of hearsay, but you know, he's he's really the type of guy that is looking for those top minutes. And he wasn't getting it in Calgary. I mean, they had guys ahead of him in the pecking order who were who were producing more, uh, playing a little bit better on both ends. And I think going to a place like Carolina, they they'll give him the opportunity to play top four minutes for sure, and he doesn't have to sit on that third pairing. Yeah, that's weird to play him on the third pairing. Uh, okay, can we just jump right into free agency because that's that's really where I want to go. Let, let, let's do it. Really want to just jump right into John Tavares because there's <laughs> uh, no bigger free agent that we've seen. Uh, other than I, I think Steven Stamkos for sure, but I think that it was it was like a foregone conclusion. Like he's probably going to sign with Tampa, e- even though people are saying, "Well, the New York he'll probably sign with New York," but he's checking it out. It's there's a lot more uncertainty than there was with Stamkos. Where with Stamkos, the whole line was, "Oh, they can give him you know so many dollars, and and it'll be equal to." you know, way more else elsewhere because of the taxes. And so mm-hmm. it kind of seemed at the time it was like, all right, great. You know, teams are talking to Stamkos. It's not happening. Like, and, and honestly, I think there was some people who were thinking, I don't know how bad I want Stamkos to come here because of his injury proneness. You know, it seemed like he just kept getting hurt. And so it was like, well, do we really want our team to commit this much money to a guy who can't stay healthy? Uh, but whereas this time, John Tavares, there's no, I mean, there's no reason to think that he can't leave. But there also is, of course, reason to see why he'd want to stay, especially since they had a great draft. Having Oliver Wallstrom and Noah Dobson fall to them uh, mm-hmm. automatically makes them better today. I think. I mean, at least in the next two years. Uh, maybe maybe both those guys don't come up and play, but certainly I think they go to camp and maybe push some guys for a spot. And you never know when a young guy is able to find himself onto the third line or onto the third the third defensive pairing and move his way up during the season if he's really that good. And so I, I think they they did set themselves up nicely with their draft. Is it enough? You've been saying it all year. Tavares is going to stay on the island. Is it enough to keep him there? You know what? I honestly, after I heard about the six teams, uh, that being Boston, San Jose, um, Toronto, the Islanders, um, who else was it? Tampa Bay. And, uh, why am I blanking on the last name? Dallas. Did I not say them already? But sure. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> anyways, after those, after I, after I saw those six teams, I mean, I instantly just threw three of them out the window. I think, uh, well, I should say through two of them, Tampa and Boston, I, I honestly thought, you know, there he's very unlikely to go there. Yeah, and um, I'd say Dallas is in that same boat, too. Yeah, and Dallas is, I mean, definitely, they have a small percentage, but I, I think it's it's a little less likely because they have to re-sign Sagan um, on who's, July 1st. Who's left, who's left and gone to Dallas in the prime of their career? Right. And, and signed and as a free thing. agent. And, and, and at least in the last... 15 years because I, I guess 20 years ago or so the Dallas stars were quite good. Uh, but in the last 15, especially the last 10 years, I mean, yes, yeah, they have I think, Sagan and uh, ben, but that's about it. And Klingberg. Yeah. And, and you know what? It, it's funny. I, I mean, I, I look at that team and you know, when you try to compare like what pieces they have to other teams, they haven't shown me that they have so much more to offer than than even teams like Tampa or Boston, who I'm just immediately throwing out, and I think they can't I even make Grant, the playoffs. 
No, exactly. I think the only benefit Dallas has really going for them is the state tax thing that they can, you know. But then again, too, you could throw Tampa in that and just say, okay, well, they they have no state taxes in Florida either. Yeah, and I just I think that division is just so good. There's so yeah. many. There's so much. Not only are there really good teams in that division, all those teams. Uh, now, granted, there are less, so you do have, I guess, by percentage, a better chance of making the playoffs because there's one less. But I think we know in the next two, three years that's going to be solved. Uh, but when you look at the Jets, the Blues, the Predators, the Wild, and now the Avalanche coming on, and the Chicago Blackhawks aren't going to be, uh, I don't think, this bad again. I think next no. year you're going to see an improvement, and they're going to begin to make some changes and so when you look at all those teams, you go, who's going to take a big step backwards? Uh, really, none of them. I mean, right. sure, some team, uh, you know, any given season can have a weird year. Uh, but all those teams are very strong teams. And if you took, let's say you took Chicago out of the Central and you dropped them into the Pacific. I think they, they might have only missed the playoffs by three or four points instead of the, you know, whatever it was, the 10 that they missed it by. I, I, think I mean, that, that's, that's very possible that that, that division is much worse. So that uh, if, if I'm John Tavares, I go, okay, the Pacific division is winnable. I could, I could probably, I'll probably make the playoffs every year. If I'm, if I'm in the Pacific division, because he's <laughs> that, I mean, he's that good. And the, the shift of power would be that great with him in, in that division. Uh, I think in the Metro, it was so strong in the, in the Atlantic, I I'd say that it's, uh, Ottawa is faltering. Uh, Montreal is always going to find a way to come back. Um, uh, Tampa Bay has been good. Steve Eiserman's doing good things down there and Florida's good. Detroit is, is down, uh, Buffalo, who knows, you know, they're down. I, they could keep being down. They're just, they're terrible. And to me, Boston, when I look at them, I go, I mean, what do you have two years left of being really good? And then you're, they, I mean, their top guys are all 30 plus and some exactly. of them 34, 35 plus. So, I mean, they don't have that many, many more years of dominance. So when you look at Tampa and Toronto and you go, wow, this, like those teams will probably be in the playoffs every year that I'm with them. Like, and that's how good John Tavares is, is that he takes any of those teams and makes them a, a consistent playoff team every year and then obviously pushes them towards a Stanley Cup. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, back to the original question, I think, again, my thought process after looking at this list is, you know, before I was, I was pretty dead set on saying the Islanders are completely out. I, I, I think he's going to walk, but... Right now, as it stands, I really feel it's probably a 50-50 gamble at this point. Wait, wait, wait. You're telling me all season that you were all about Tavares staying in New York. And now you're 50-50 you're because he talked to some people? No, no, no. And I, I just looking <laughs> at these teams that, that's on his, his final list, I think, honestly, the only teams in my mind that it comes down to is the Islanders, the Leafs, and San Jose. And I think... The Leafs are a little bit harder of a situation. Yes, I, I you, you've heard that, okay, he could sign that one-year max deal for like, what is it, 15.9 mil, and then he could re-up for another eight years if you want to, essentially signing a nine-year contract, which is great. 
But I think given that they have to pay Marner, Nylander, Matthews, I think that makes it a little bit harder for him to, to go to the Leafs. Um, oh, well, if, you, if, he goes, if he goes there, then Kadri is now expendable. He, he's expendable. He has to go. I mean, within the yeah. next within the next year, Kadri has to go at that point. Sure, there's there's no doubt about that. But I, I again, I'm still leaning towards him leaving. And, and personally, I think the most likely destination for him, in my mind, is San Jose at this point. All right. Wow. Now you've really changed your gears. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I love it. Well, I just I'll say I've been saying he's going to leave New York all year, and I'm glad to have you on on my team now. No, no, no! Hold on! I'm not saying all year he's gonna leave. So let's not, let's get this straight. <laughs> You've been saying that all year he's gonna stay. I've no, been... I have not. Yes, you have. <laughs> no, I oh have my not. goodness! Go back and to oh my any goodness! Episode you want? You're saying right now that all season long you've been saying he's gonna leave? Yes, absolutely. You're you're kidding me, right? No, that's go back. Just what? After, after we get done recording, okay, go I back will. And listen, I will because we've had many a conversation about. Please, please tweet at us while you're listening to it. Pull out your phone and tweet at OT Hockey Talk. If you've listened to any previous episode, I'd say that on probably forty percent of the episodes, we've had this conversation, and every time you've told me that John Tavares is staying in New York false <laughs> all right well we'll go back and we'll we'll find those uh yes. okay well let's uh move on to some other players who are also free agents shocking i mean there are a few other players who are free agents i know you'd yes. have no idea because everybody's only talking about Tavares, but uh we did mention mike green and the red wings are close to a two-year extension uh paul stastny is the other interesting one because he's probably the next most elite center i wouldn't put him elite but he's the next best center Mm -hmm. Uh, and so paul stastny it doesn't strike me as a guy who is going to go to new york or toronto or san jose so i i don't know if those teams are holding up the paul stastny sweepstakes so i i know the jets want to sign him but they Mm -hmm. don't have the space they really need to ditch Steve Mason. He has a $4.1 million cap hit. If they do that, I think he signs in Winnipeg. But other, I mean, if, if they can't deal him, there's no money. And so where does Paul Stastny go outside of Winnipeg? Yeah, one of the big names uh, that I keep hearing are the Montreal Canadiens. And, I mean, if you're, if you're Paul Stastny, don't get me wrong, um, I think I think either way, just because there there are no other big name centers out there besides maybe himself and Tyler Bozak, um, he's going to get overpaid, just like he did when he left Colorado to go to St. Louis. I think at the time, you know, the seven million dollars seemed absurd for what he was producing. Um, but I, again, I think he's going to get overpaid, and and Montreal seems like one of the teams I keep hearing that could come into play because their their desperation for a center. Um, now, if, I, if I'm Paul Stasny, I think at this point, you're looking for maybe that one big last payday, um, and he's going to probably cash in because of it. Um, Montreal wouldn't be a bad spot for him. Getting to play with you know Jonathan Drouin or even being a one-two punch uh, is not too terrible, but I, I don't think if he in his mind is thinking, okay, I, I want to go somewhere where I can win, obviously I don't think Montreal is it. Yeah, no. Uh, I think Paul Stasny on the Jets – 
Paul Stastny on the Blues, he played in this very similar role where he wasn't the top guy. Uh-huh. He's a second, third guy, you know, he's somewhere. I mean, it's more or less when you're on a good team, you're a top three center. Usually you have your big name center and then your other two guys. And so, uh, I mean, they the Jets have Shifley and then you shuffle down and there's Stastny and it was nice for him. He got to play with line A and uh, so he did very well. I think he'd love to go back there. Uh, I mean, I think there's a possibility that Stastny's a guy who waits and doesn't sign until the Jets find a way to sign him. I, huh. I, I would say that he maybe doesn't sign right away. Uh, the other possibility that I would see is I could see him going back to St. Louis. Yeah, I, that's a real possibility. I, I think he fit in well there and... I mean, he wouldn't get paid what he was getting paid before, but he's not getting paid that by anybody. So, I mean, I still think he's, he'll make five, six a year. Yeah, I Probably think six five. is a good number for yeah. him. Yeah, 53 points this last year, uh, but 32 years old. So, I mean, he's signing a three-year deal would be my guess. So, yeah, three years I at, think- at 16 or to $18 million is probably pretty fair for him. Yeah, I, I won't disagree with you at all. I think another team that very well could come into play uh, that wouldn't shock me if he signed with would be the Colorado Avalanche. I think he would be a great number two piece for them on that, that team right behind Nathan McKinnon. Going back to the team that drafted him. Mm-hmm. That would be that would be interesting because he, yeah, he, I remember he left Colorado as a free agent to sign in St. Louis. So uh, be a little bit of turnabout there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that if you sign Paul Stastny to too big of a deal, like if the, he gets signed to a five-year deal, oof, that's going to hurt towards the, the end of that deal. Uh, but if the, if somebody can get him to a three-year deal, then that's, I think, where you want to be. Uh, yeah. let, let's go to James Van Riemsdyk. Uh, where do you think Van Riemsdyk ends up? Ooh, this is, this is another interesting case. I think this is a guy who, again, I keep hearing that, everybody's waiting on John Tavares before really making a push for JVR. Um, now I've heard that there's roughly about eight teams that really have strong interest in him at this point. Uh, one that I keep hearing. And I think maybe that is kind of falling out now with the Jack Johnson signing or potential that he's probably going to sign with them on Sunday is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, another big team that, that I've heard and would make a lot of sense, uh, would be the New Jersey devils. Yeah, yeah, and that's where he's from too. So, certainly, he would he would look uh, he'd look great on that other the next line. Not not playing with Taylor Hall, but mm-hmm. playing down in the lineup. I mean, he's I mean he he played less than fifteen minutes a game, and he has thirty six goals. <laughs> it's a, it's the same amount of goals as John Tavares, but he played five less minutes a game. Yeah, he that's would incredible. look really good on that top power play unit with Butcher, uh, you know, Hall and Nico Heischer. That would be just fantastic for him to place a little net front there. Yeah. And really he's, his strength is, is actually on even strength. I mean, that's where he got most of his goals. And so uh, I think that too, you're looking at just being able to cement that next line. I mean, he's not a first line guy, but he definitely is your top six, a good top six scoring forward. That's all he does. He doesn't really play defensively very well, but (laughs) he scores goals. And that is a, very, very important aspect, and that's something that teams are willing to pay for. Speaking of a guy who can score some goals, James Neal, 25 goals in 70 games. He's a free agent and apparently not going to sign with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, any chance he goes back to Nashville? I, 
think there's a, a, a little chance. Um, you know, this is – he and David Perron are a couple guys that I have heard very little um, when it comes to all the chatter, which is kind of shocking uh, considering they're, the two of them are probably one of the, the bigger point producers that are going to be free agents. Um, I know that he turned down a five, five mil, five-year deal from Vegas. Um, Perron, you know, or, see, Perron or uh, – James Neal. Neal, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, and apparently he's seeking more along the lines of a, a six-year, six million plus per, um, which to me, I think, you know, at a guy his age, he's he's going to start slowing down. I think that's the type of contract that will probably hurt them a little bit at the back end. Um, but you know what? I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Nashville would be a good fit for him. Um, and I know right now they've been having, you know, issues with Austin Watson and uh, what I believe is domestic violence charges. Yeah, been, he can go um, join Slava Voinov in the cave. <laughs> Yeah, and God, I really hope no, I really hope no NHL team signs him. But that's that's a whole other discussion. Here's, here's a here's a question I have, and this is going to be interesting with Austin Watson. Uh-huh. Now I, I don't know what happened. He's been charged, right? But I yep. I don't think that he's been he hasn't been uh, convicted Inducted. yet. So obviously, there's you know hopefully, I, at this point it looks like he probably is guilty, but there's just no way to know. Oh, let's assume he's guilty. Okay, uh-huh. now Slava Voinov was a Russian who was deported and no longer allowed to live here because he committed a felony and he was immediately deported. Yep. Now, Austin Watson, however, uh, is, uh, is he's American, right? Austin he is, yep. Yeah. So he's, he's in the United States. He, uh, if he's prosecuted, most likely he's not doing any jail time. He's, he'll do, you know, he'll, he'll pay a fine, maybe do some sort of community service, some, but he's probably not going to jail. Uh, depending, right. it doesn't sound like it was horrifically bad. Like he didn't kill anybody or anything. So uh, now my question is, because he's American, is that going to change the way that teams feel about him? And is he more likely to be signed to a team or stay with Nashville and be rehabilitated and brought back in? And he'll, you know, of course, be some sort of advocate for <laughs> some sort of charity and he'll have to go through a lot to to uh publicly be rehabilitated there but does he come back and play is it different because he's american whereas Voinov, we could kind of go well you're you're deported so bye yeah this is a sticky situation and, and again i i'm no legal expert but i'm not really sure what exactly his contract or what the ability of nashville is to do with his contract, you know, can they terminate it? Can they just, are they stuck with him because of it? You know? Um, and again, I, I don't know that, um, you know, if you, if you do know, please let me know. But I think for instance, let's, let's play the scenario out that, you know, Nashville can't terminate his contract. I think this is a situation, um, where because he is American, uh, and he's not going to get deported. I think this is maybe a thing where, you know, he probably gets, they maybe put him on waivers, send him down, to the, the AHL and maybe have them do, you know, that community rehabilitation thing where, you know, you try to, you know, revitalize your name and, you know, get back in the good graces of the public. Yeah. Uh, and obviously we, we have no idea what, what happened. He admitted to pushing his girlfriend and an officer noticed red marks on the woman's chest. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it'll depend on, on everything. I'm just re- have the story up here. Uh, we we won't know until it all comes to light. Uh, 
Now, the Voinov stuff, if you remember, that woman was like beaten bloodied. Right. Uh, I think, well, there, well, there's no excuse to ever touch a woman uh, in, in a violent way at all. Uh, there is a difference between bloodying up a, and beating the pulp out of somebody and pushing somebody where there's red, where there's marks. Both are sure. bad. Both, you know, if, and if she presses charges good and she is good on her, like he deserves what he gets, but there certainly is a difference in the two incidents. And I, and I think that you have to look at it case by case. You can't just go, well, he hit a woman and now he hit a woman. Now he's going to be suspended and, and kicked out of the league. I, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Uh, sure. And I, I think a, another thing to look at too is, you know, Austin Watson, while he's, he's not playing in a big media market like LA, he's not a, he's not a big name player. And at the time Slava Voinov was, you know, uh, one of the top D men. He for, had just won the Stanley cup. Yeah. And he was, Kings. he was one of the top guys on, on LA. And so he, he was, was a big name player for that team. And so, you know, his name was in the spotlight where a guy like Austin Watson, it's kind of easier to hide him in, you know, just in the depth chart and, you kind of don't pay attention to him as much as you would if you were, you know, a top two defenseman in LA. Yeah, well, and and really the reason why we focus on this is because it really does open up the possibility that Nashville's going to need another winger, and James Neal would be a great fit. He obviously loves the city, and Austin Watson, uh, you know, you could if if his contract was off the books or buried or suspended or whatever, uh, they could definitely fit James Neal under that that cap hit. Uh, I am curious as to where a guy like David Perron will go because Perron was always a good player. When he played in St. Louis, it was always mm-hmm. known that, hey, this is a really underrated guy, uh, a real character guy, really skilled, and a, a great passer. And mm-hmm. then he got shipped around. Remember, he, was, he went to Edmonton and he was in Pittsburgh and uh, then he then he finds his way eventually to to Vegas. I, I'm curious as to see if Vegas doesn't want to bring him back, what situation he can land in to where he'll be. I mean, he had 50 assists this year, 66 points in 70 games. I mean, really, with that one, you can't just go off that one season. But I would think that he gets a six million dollar deal somewhere. But, yeah, and I, you know what, I, I did read a tweet that said, a, you know, his agent came out and said that uh, Vegas has basically forced their hand to look for other opportunities, and um, I, I have heard that Montreal is very interested in him, and don't get me wrong, if, if he's a character guy, I think he's he would be a, a great fit in Montreal, especially to a lot of the, you know, necessarily, they don't have a lot of young talent there, but uh, you know, maybe for a guy like Jonathan Drouhan, who maybe has had some character issues or questionable character issues in the past. Yeah, I think uh, another great place for him to go, if they don't sign John Tavares, would be New York. Play for oh, the yeah, Islanders. absolutely. Because he, I mean, he obviously plays well alongside other talented players. And so uh, even if he's not the most talented guy on the ice, he knows how to get those guys the puck. And that's huge. Absolutely. Um, okay, any other free agents you want to hit on before we uh, we end our first show in in like two weeks? <laughs> so actually, the first time all year that we missed a week. So yeah, I'm not I doing mean, too bad. First off, I, I kind of well. So the goaltending that's that's one thing we really didn't touch a lot on here. Um, so from what I'm hearing, and I want to get I want to get your thoughts on on these these rumors that I've heard for goaltenders. So apparently. Um, 
you know, it looks like Buffalo is going to get Carter Hutton signed. Um, apparently, like we talked about, Detroit was for a while there had a lot of strong interest in Robert Lehner and now is apparently leaning towards Jonathan Bernier. And then, of course, I'm hearing Cam Ward is probably going to go play back up in Chicago. In Chicago and I'm kind of yeah. just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on those those few guys. Uh, Carter Hutton. Good for him. He'll get paid in Buffalo. Uh, I I don't see that as a long-term solution, but maybe for a year or two, um, if he can play anywhere near where he was at with St. Louis, then uh, Buffalo can at least get themselves out of the pitiful zone. Um, <laughs> Robin Lehner just needs a fresh start. He, he's going to go be a backup somewhere. That's that's what'll happen for Lehner. He's just not. I don't. He's just not a starting goalie, uh, or at least in Buffalo, he was not. But I mean, hey, at the same time, we we saw Devin Dubnik go from Edmonton, where he was supposed to be a really good starter and he really struggled and then he gets traded to Arizona does really well then gets shipped to Minnesota and does even better uh so maybe there there obviously is is a second chance out there for Robin Lehner uh he just needs to go to the right situation uh but I I do like I like Carter Hutton going to Buffalo it'll it'll help them uh Jonathan Bernier to Detroit uh it's it's a fair move you know Bernier is what he is uh, I think mm-hmm. he had an, he had a a season where he did really well in a contract year, and most of his other seasons he's pretty mediocre. And so I wouldn't sign him to longer than a year. I would sign him to okay. a, like a, or a one or a two year deal at most. Uh, and then oh, uh, and then as far as Cam Ward to Chicago, I think that's a great situation for him uh, because I, I do think Chicago will be better, and I think that. It would be great to see Cam Ward at least back in the playoffs in some some way. <laughs> Even if he's the backup goalie, uh, he's had a, a kind of a rough last eight nine years in Carolina. So uh, hopefully he finds a, a little bit better of a situation. And uh, yeah, I think. And uh, then we've also got Morazic floating out there along with Yaroslav Halak. And so it'll be interesting to see where those guys end up. We are seeing. Uh, I think maybe more than other years, we're seeing guys who used to be starters who are starting to come to the twilight of their career. They're no longer starters, but I think teams would love to have them as backups because they have been starters and have proven that they can play and stay healthy over the course of a lot of games. So it's mm-hmm. nice to have that insurance policy. And so uh, I think this year is a unique year for uh, for backup goalies because a lot of those guys have been starters before. Uh, and so that'll that only improves... Teams overall goaltending. I, I do think, on a side note, the goaltending is uh, getting deeper and deeper. But it is interesting how slow it, of a process that it is. Uh, yeah, not, I, not I a lot of really good goalies out there. Yeah, I won't. I won't disagree with you. And I think for uh, two guys in particular, Robin Lehner and a Peter Morazic, one team to look out for um, who needs a backup goaltender now would be the New York Rangers. Mm, okay. Yeah, I, I like Lehner going behind Lundqvist. That yeah. would be, I, I, I don't like Morazic, and so for a team like New York, who's, uh, I don't like Morazic's attitude from what I've perceived, uh, but a team <laughs> like New York who's trying to get younger, uh, I mm-hmm. think Laner would be a great, a great fit there. Whereas Morazic, I, I think Morazic maybe needs to be in a situation where he's on a more veteran type team. Okay, interesting. So, okay, well, that is uh, all the time that we have. And uh, we will be back much, much sooner than the last time. Um, since both <laughs> of us are broken, we uh, we now have a little bit of time to sit 
by our computers and talk about hockey. So we will, uh, we will catch you very soon. Uh, if we don't talk to you before the weekend, have a great weekend and we will uh, see you on July 1st.